0: Hey there, kiddos. Good evening to you. Nice that everybody's all gathered up and ready to go to bed. It is 10.17 here in western Pennsylvania at Papa Sloganop's house. Sorry if there's a little TV in the background. But things are winding down here for the night. I accomplished my main goal today, which was fixing the fuel leak on the tractor. And uh had to pray a lot and also had to watch a lot of YouTube's. But between those two things um got the tractor fixed. And it was really fun too. I think even Mark Rober would be proud of me. So wrenches and parts and tools and then lots of horsepower and Diesel fuel after you get it fixed. Yeehaw! Lots of fun. Anyways, I wish you guys were here. And I really, really want to bring you down here. Um, I don't know. I'll have to talk to Mommy about that. I'm not going to say when because I don't know when. But I hope I can get you all here sooner or later. Okay, so tonight I want to read Psalm 15. It's short and It's cool. It's inspirational, and there's a lot you can take away from it. Uh, I like it. And then we'll read Acts. I think we're on Acts chapter 4. I'll check before. uh, I think, yeah, chapter 4. And then we'll read some Wilder King. Okay, and I need to apologize for throwing in an extra interlude A true interlude between the two, between our Bible segment and the Wilder King segment last night. I will do that again tonight, if that's okay, just to give a little separation between the Bible time and the Wilder King time. So when you hear the interlude after Bible, don't turn the podcast off. Alright, Psalm 15. A Psalm of David. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. Okay, I gotta stop right there, kiddos. Second half of verse two. And speaks truth in his heart. That's one uh, verse that has made a lot... uh, helped me a lot here in the past few months when i get to thinking about things and when i think about things i'm going to say to people sometimes i want to make them think differently or maybe a little better about the situation than what it really is and then i the holy spirit catches me and reminds me of this verse and says gary you got to speak truth in your heart And I'm like, yeah, that's right. i got to speak truth in my heart. And what else uh, in Ephesians chapter 6 pertains to truth? The belt of truth, right? So you need to put on your belt of truth or your pants will fall down, both spiritually and maybe even literally if you're not careful. Um, And be sure to speak truth in your heart before you even... Think about speaking out of your mouth. Make sure what you're going to say is true and isn't twisted or inclined or painted a different way than it really is. Of course, you need to be wise with your words, but the more plainly and truthfully you can speak, in most circumstances, sometimes the truth can be can hurt people, And you just need to stay silent. Anyways, back to Psalm 50. He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart, he does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, We need to look up the definition of reprobate. In whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. I think that means he holds to his own word. He doesn't... Remember we were saying don't swear on anything in heaven, on earth or under the earth. Just let your yes be yes and your no be a no. So... This guy is actually keeping his word even if it hurts him. In the Old Testament, even before um, Paul said that in the New Testament, he swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. And that is Psalm 15 one of my recent favorites It's helped me help me god used it uses it a lot to remind me to speak the truth okay acts chapter 4 all right acts chapter 4 as they were speaking to the people The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to be about five thousand on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem. And Annas, the high priest, was there, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. When they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, By what power, or in what name, have you done this? These are the high priests questioning the uh, the disciples, Peter and everybody who was talking in front of everybody in chapter 3. By what power and in what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And that's a quote from the Old Testament. And there is salvation, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. But when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For the fact fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it will not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no longer to any man in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. When they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them, on account of the people, because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. For the man for the man was more than 40 years old, on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. When they had been released, they went there to their own companions and reported all... That the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord, and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth, and the sea and all that is in them, who, by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, quote. Why did the Gentiles rage, and the peoples devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city there were gathered there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled With the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Wow, you guys, that would be pretty awesome that you say a prayer with a bunch of other Christians, and after your prayer's over, there's an earthquake, and then you go out and you just tell everybody about Jesus and speak boldly about Him. That's pretty awesome. Verse 32. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And not one of them claimed that anything belonged to him was his own. But all things were common property to them. And with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And abundant grace was upon them all. For there was not a needy person among them... For all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each as they had need. Now Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And that's the end of Acts chapter 4. And I was reading from the New American Standard Bible version. So if you're following along, it's probably a little different than... just a little different, not substantially different. Anyways, okay, I am going to stop this... Bible portion and do an interlude, and I'll be back with Wilder King. Love you guys. Okay, kiddos, back for some Wilder King. We are on chapter twenty-two, and no, sorry, twenty-one. And there was a really strange chapter last night, just kind of weird. Um, they are heading towards uh. They're heading towards the um, sinking canyons, and they're on the western road east of the Bonifay Plain, and they met a farmer who told him this crazy story about digging a furrow, and he laid the furrow, what do you say, down the hill or up the hill? Do you guys know what I'm talking about whenever you dig a furrow? Yeah the plow digs down in and it turns the grass over on so the roots are up and the blades of grass are down that's called turning the furrow but anyways a gully formed there and it cut way down all the way to the bedrock until it couldn't it couldn't cut anymore and then it started widening out after that and so they were checking out the gully and the farmer said that he had plowed the spot four years ago. So the farmer takes off. He feels kind of bad because he has to put sandbags in his gully now to keep the soil from going away. And who do they run into? Two goats owned by Bayard. And Bayard had some kind of strange things to Say about uh, the Fiji's or the Vizi folks, as he uh, said, either by mistake or on purpose, we're not sure. And Aiden begged him to stay and go to Sinking Canyons with them. Barrett's like, hey, you don't need me to tell you that the Perthans are coming, go get busy training that army. And then, uh, they told him about the coin that Dobro found, or I forget who found it, but the coin that said Visa land on it. And Bayard kind of went into one of his weird far off stare things. And, and then just all of a sudden he takes off and says, I got to go read. I got to go to the library. And, uh. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> Baird kept walking but turned his head to speak. Live the life that unfolds before you. Not that kind of advice, Baird. Love goodness more than you fear evil. No, Baird, that's what you always tell me. I need some new advice. Baird stopped dead at the edge of the road and turned to face Aidan. No, Aiden, he said firmly. You don't need any new advice. You need to heed the old advice. But Baird, everything has gotten so complicated. I try to lead, but people don't always follow. I try to follow, and nobody seems to be leading. I just don't understand what I'm supposed to. Baird quieted Aiden with a raised hand. Well then, Aiden, here's my advice. Do what you are doing already, hurry to sinking canyons, be ready to fight. the Perthans are coming. Aiden nodded. do you need a pro- Did you need a prophet to tell you that Aiden shook his head no. The future is a dark path Aiden It's even dark for me most of the time, and I'm a prophet. But the living God always gives you light to get to the next turning. Stay in the path, Aiden. There's light enough. When you get to the second turning, the third, the twentieth, they'll be lit too. Bayard put a hand on Aiden's shoulder. You don't need a prophet as much as you think you do, Aiden. You need to live the life the, the living God is unfolding before you. Bayard turned to go east the direction from which Aidan and Dobro had come. Then he turned back for one last word. This was no chance meeting. He pointed up the gully. Remember this place. Here is written the history of Cornwall. Okay, that was the end of chapter 20. That's so weird. I don't know what he's talking about. Chapter 21 is called Gate Stone. Aiden just wanted to rest when he got back to sinking canyons. It had been a long trip from Tam Bluff, But Jasper wouldn't wait. He grabbed Aiden by the arm and began leading him down canyon. Aiden, he said, you're not going to believe this. Can I wait? Aiden asked. I really need to see Father. See Father later, Jasper insisted. You've got to see this. Are you taking me to the diggings? Aiden asked. Jasper nodded eagerly. Jasper, we've got a lot of things to do that that are a lot more important than digging up old timbers and broken pottery. You're supposed to be helping train an army. I have been helping train an army, Aiden. Jasper retorted a touch of indignation in his voice. You're the one who's been gallivanting all over the place. They soon arrived at the diggings, which were significantly bigger than they had been when Aiden left for Tambluff. Looks like you put the new recruits to work, Aiden observed. Every good soldier needs to have some practice digging fortifications, Jasper said. They might as well practice here. But this is what I wanted to show you, Jasper continued. He pointed at a blue-gray granite rock about two feet in height, depth, and width. You dug this up? Aiden asked. Yes, it took eight men to drag it out of the hole. Aidan marveled at the great block of granite. What kind of flood brought it into the canyon? It looks almost like a gate stone, he said. It is a gate stone, said Jasper. Look at this. He tapped the far side of the stone, the far side of the stone. Aiden walked around to that side of the stone where he saw an inscription. New Veezy. Didn't I say you wouldn't believe it? Jasper whooped. New Veezy, Aiden read again. What is New Veezy? It's carved on a village gate stone, so we figure it's the name of a village, Jasper answered. But nobody's heard of a village called New Veezy. We've got men from all over Cornwall here, and I think I've asked every one of them. But nobody knows of a place called New Veezy. And nothing from the old lore? There was a village registry among the manuscripts I brought from the library at Longleaf, but it makes no mention of New Veezy. Aiden concentrated on those words. New Veezy. Something was on the tip of his tongue, but it just wouldn't come. Aiden raised his hand for silence. New VZ. he mumbled, his eyes closed. New feezy. VZ. VZ. VZ, VZ, Suddenly, Aiden's eyes popped open, and he raised an index finger. He recited... Oh, Vizu, you is ruined, covered up in clay. With chopping and plowing, you tore up the ground, and now it's washed away. What are you talking about? Jasper asked. His expression showed genuine alarm, as if he thought his brother had gone crazy. Dobro's sad ballad, Aiden answered, about Vizu and the magical plow. He repeated the stanza again. Oh, Vizu, you is ruined, covered up in clay. With chopping and plowing, you tore up the ground, and now it's washed away. I think that legend might tell what happened here. Jasper stared at his brother. Yes, he thought. He's finally lost his wits. I get a sneeze. excuse me. Oops, and as I sneezed, I closed my reading app. One second. Uh. And... Uh, there we are. Jasper stared at his brother. Yes, he thought. He's finally lost his wits. Aidan looked, looked up at the band of red clay just below the canyon rim. He rested his fingers horizontally across the bridge of his nose to shield the rest of the canyon wall from his vision. Pretend there's no canyon here, he told Jasper. Pretend there's just a clay bank cut into the ground. Jasper shielded his own vision the way Aidan had and gazed up at the bank. Have you ever seen anything that looked like that? Aidan asked. Just looks like a plain old gully when you look at it that way, said Jasper. Dobro and I saw one yesterday. A man had plowed a furrow straight down the slope instead of terracing across it. Not very smart, Jasper observed. That was only four years ago. Four years of rains washing down that slope. And that furrow has become a gully you can't jump across. Every bit of topsoil has washed away off down the hill somewhere. Topsoil ten feet deep, all the way down to bedrock. Just gone. I still don't see what you're getting at, Jasper said. Well, let's say you put a farm. No, not a farm, a whole village on a spot where that nice red topsoil isn't sitting on bedrock or hard-packed clay, but on a layer of sand and loose clay a hundred feet thick. Aidan pointed straight up in the air, where he imagined this village might have once stood. And let's say there's a farmer whose fields borders the village, and he plows his furrows the wrong way, down the slope, not across it. When the topsoil had gone from that farmer's field, can you imagine how quickly the sand below below it would wash out? You saw how much sand and clay moved through here in a single rainstorm. Jasper looked as if he was starting to get the picture. So you're saying this farmer is the Vizu from Dobro's story? No, I'm saying the song isn't about a man named Vizu. It's about a village called Nuvisi. It must have gotten garbled through the years. It wasn't a farmer who got swallowed up by the clay. It was a whole village. This gate stone, these timbers, the plow blade didn't wash up. They fell down just like that pine tree did. Jasper wasn't yet ready to accept all of Aiden's theory. It just doesn't make sense, Aiden. It makes more sense than any other explanation we've come up with, Aidan insisted. It explains a lot of the Fiji's peculiar ways. Think about how many superstitions Dobro has about this place. Time to leave these neighborhoods, Jasper mimicked in his best Dobro voice. Exactly, said Aidan, probably the worst disaster in the history of fiji a whole village abandoned. And swallowed up by the earth. If they didn't, if they don't exactly remember what happened here, you can imagine the superstitions that would grow up and around this place. Dobro did say the Fiji started out as farmers and villagers, Jasper remembered. Aiden raised both hands to gesture to his surroundings. And then this happens. No wonder they gave up farming and took to the forest. This is what made them Fiji folk. I just got one more question, said Jasper. Why would farmers, even bad farmers, try to farm the clay wastes? Aiden shrugged. Maybe they weren't clay wastes 300 years ago. Maybe they only became clay wastes after the topsoil washed away. Jasper smiled. Perhaps it was for the best that the Fijis gave up farming. There may not have been any topsoil left on this island by the time the civilizers got here. And that's the end of chapter 21. I will save chapter 22 for another time. Okay, kiddos, I love you very much. Can't wait to bring you to Pennsylvania sometime and we can all have a good time and just uh, live a little country life. Live a little bit Um, Yeah. I will be praying for you, kiddos. Remember, talk to God yourself. Whether you're just having a conversation or praying with your eyes closed and your hands folded. You can kneel down at the side of your bed or you can just walk and talk with your eyes open. Just make sure and talk to God. Okay? I pray that you would get super comfortable just calling out to God and talking to Him and telling Him everything and especially thank Him for everything that you can think of to thank Him for. Love you kids. Have a good night. Catch you later.